Hey everybody, I'm so happy to have you guys tuning back in for another episode of What You Need When You Need It. So, this episode is a quick interview with Renelle Nelson, who is a licensed marriage therapist as well as a sex therapist. She's been in the industry for about 11 years and she is amazing. So, let's jump right in. Okay. I think I got it. Yay. Cool. <laughs> All right. So, um, I usually start off by just having my guests kind of introduce themselves a little bit. Give us a little background, your certifications, licenses, all of that kind of stuff. Okay. Let me know when you're ready. I am ready. Okay, so um, my name is Renelle Nelson. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified sex therapist, and an infidelity recovery coach. Um, Right now, I am in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and will be relocating to Phoenix, Arizona soon. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, Uh I bet you're excited about that one. West Coast love, getting out of this snow for a minute, so I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to have some pretty bad summers, like the high heat and all of that, so. What? Compared to some, some low zero winters, I can take it. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would choose up too. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so I noticed that you have like a pretty big social media presence. So I, I went through like your Instagram and I noticed how you you have some pretty controversial topics. Like you just get right in there. I was wondering, how did you decide to take that approach? That's me. That's me. I'm That's straight you? no chaser. I can't, I can't really <laughs> sugarcoat anything. I don't want to waste your time. You know, mm-hmm. even with my clients, I don't waste your money. I'm like a brief therapist. I want to take you where you want to go. So just buckle up. And I think we deal with so much hot posh, like people just, um, so many fillers. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people just need straightforward stuff. And, you know, when it comes to sex and pleasure, and infidelity, I'm that chaos in your ear. I'm trying to shake it up because, you know, only when we can deconstruct can we reconstruct. So I need to shake you up some. So I have to come at your neck. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. I feel like society these days is so politically correct that it's like you're never getting the truth out of people. So you don't know if you're messing up or, you know, if there's something that you can fix. So I definitely like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just all. Uh, that's just my personality, anyway. I think. Oh, that's pretty awesome. I like that. <laughs> um. So, have you have you noticed how um in certain cultures or backgrounds we're not very interested or we're kind of ashamed to get help, like things that have to do with mental situations or relationships. We kind of move away from getting help from people who can help us. How do you kind of advocate for a better or like an increase in seeking out help when you need it for those cultures and societies? I kind of normalize everything. Mm -hmm. I kind of normalize it. And I try to take away the words because um, the way you associate with words is uh, learned behavior. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, therapy is not a bad word, but we use therapy in a bad way. So even if it's coaching or let's get together or let's chop it up or come and see me, anything that I can just relieve the anxiety and normalize it, hey, talk to me like you were your friend. I'm the friend that don't know your friends, so you can tell me everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so I kind of normalize the situation and make people feel comfortable and just like they're just talking. So I create an environment of comfort, safety, and welcoming so I can do that. And, like, when I talk to people, even in my posts, I kind of normalize all my posts. Mm -hmm. Yes, I got these degrees behind my name, but I'm just like you. I just want to help you get to a better you. So I just try to normalize everything like that and just really meet people where they are and use the language that they do. Hmm. That is, yeah, that's definitely the best way. Because once you're comfortable, it's easier to let that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, I was wondering, how did you end up pursuing therapy? Well, I was, I, I'm a behavioral mom. Um, undergrad is in behavioral science. My mm-hmm. mind is in gerontology. I just think on the social work route, I generally always tell people and, you know, how something present to you at school and be like, you know, you should be a therapist. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I went and did that track because I, I was a behavioral, um, behavioral scientist was my undergrad anyway, so it was just a branch off for that. So I started uh, training to be a licensed marriage and family therapist and mm-hmm. then from there I met a teacher who saw in me doing a sex class that how I was just normalized everything and I wanted to squirm and she said, hey, we need more people in the field that look like you. You know, mm-hmm. a big, big, beautiful black woman. So I'm like, okay. She's like, we don't have anybody in the field that look like you. I'm like, okay. So then I start pursuing um, being a certification for sex therapist. Mm-hmm. So doing couples therapy and sex therapy and everything, I still want to focus on the family because I'm a structural therapist, meaning I focus on the core group. So I focus on whatever the couple is. But I found out in my life and in the community, infidelity is just collating everything yep. from society mm-hmm. to inner family conflict. So I say, you know what? And I was officially cheated on. So I say, you know what? I'm going to be the resource I needed back then. So that's mm-hmm. when I did, uh, got my infidelity recovery training. So now that's why I specialize in is infidelity and sexual dysfunction. Oh, wow. I like that you saw something that didn't exist and you created it for yourself or you at least made it more available to other people because you needed it. And I feel like that's what a lot of people usually say. They they look for the things that they're missing and then ma- like create it or make it available. Yeah. So in terms of infidelity and recovering from that, is there cases where that's just not possible? Like, what are the signs to look for to see that your relationship can't survive that? Really, um, I look into what I assist Mm -hmm. um, in taking the journey back and looking throughout your relationship, really how the characteristics of the infidel before that. I mean, how was your relationship before? Mm -hmm. Was it good when something just happened? Because relationships don't have to be bad for infidelity to occur. I look at the communication patterns, I look at um, the sex patterns, I look at how long you knew each other, 
Um, and then we also look at how remorseful is it. You know, are they just talking or do they really want to work on everything? Mm-hmm. So a lot of factors come in mm-hmm. to the play. But it's generally just based on what the person needs. Um, I get that question so, so, so much. Should really? I stay or should I go? And I can't help you mm-hmm. with that. But what I can do is guide you through the process. Once we calm the emotional storm in your head, I guide you to process and make those decisions, and then you have that aha moment. Like, you know what? I really want to work on this. Or, you know what? They've been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave them a chance. It's time for me to move on. And then if you choose to move on out of the relationship, we work on healing after the betrayal. Because, you know, just because you um, leave the relationship, the betrayal stay with you mm-hmm. and I need to help you get that out of your system because you take that with you yep you take it to another relationship yeah and yeah. it's a vicious cycle yeah my sister used to tell me that you can't just run away from your problems because your problems will follow you until you deal with the issues that you have so yeah you take you with you mm-hmm. yep. yeah you can't leave that <laughs> what are some ways that communication wise that couples can begin to kind of do you encourage that they seek out a therapist first or just kind of sit down and start communicating a little bit more openly with each other after an infidelity or an affair or something like that? I would say that um, you can you can try it without a therapist or mm-hmm. a coach. And if it doesn't get anywhere and you guys feel stuck, because communication is a skill. Mm-hmm. And it's a skill many don't know. And we know communication around like it's common sense and it's not. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know how to communicate and what's involved in communication. And based on how you were developed, you know, through your years, communication is a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. If you haven't learned how to affect this communication or it's shut down and that's your form of communication or over talk mm-hmm. to somebody, that's your form of communication. So if it's not working, then I would say that you need to get a professional in just to help and guide you. Process so not only are you communicating, you communicate healthy and effective, and you're getting to your goals. You're just not talking about anything, you're talking about core stuff, you talk about other communication, and you're transparent. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things you know. You can communicate, you need honest communication, not I'm going to hurt you. No, it's what you need to know in the relationship. Oh, goodness. I have there's some, okay, I've noticed a lot in relationships these days is in the beginning, one of the people will usually say something like, I'm not good for you, I'm going to hurt you. Are those warning signs that you probably shouldn't be dating this person? Well, somebody if, if, okay, that's a warning sign, and but that's their story. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us have a predominant story. Like, you have a story, your listener type of story, that's the story we put out, and that's how our narrative is. Mm -hmm. That's not always true. That's sometimes, um, again, alarmed in your inner schema, in your subconscious, and how you heard it so much, you feel like that you've been hurt, and you want to let people know right front about what people said about you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's true, and sometimes it's a delusion. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we use that to hide because we want to know, self-fulfilling prophecy, I, I'm, I'm not supposed to be with anybody, so I'm just going to um, shoot you away now and say what's both. 
a problem. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be a friend, somebody check that. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, let people let me know, but um, let's just be friends and I'll let you know when I can't take it anymore. Or, oh. you know, yeah. I'll take heed to it, of course. But I'll say, no, oh, let me figure it out for myself. Or let me see. Not that you can change anybody, but sometimes you just want to see for yourself because sometimes it's, it's all in your head. I can see that, yeah. Sometimes we're just warning people so that we don't end up hurt ourselves. Yeah. 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 Okay. I see that. Um, Does that key into, I watched a video on your page that was talking about how sometimes we love our partners in the way that we want, or we treat our partners in the way that we want to be treated, but not in the way that they want to be treated. Does that tie into Uh the love languages and all of that kind of the, the studies on that? It, yes, mm-hmm. that ties very good into the love language because, again, and I know when um, the common theme that I'm saying today is your subconscious, your learned behavior, your inner schema creates you. Mm-hmm. And you project that on to your partner. So we are taught from little. Treat others how you want to be treated. So we go ahead and do that. I'm your friend. I want you to do this for me. That means you got to do this for me. But it kind of, and then we project that onto a romantic relationship. Well, if I show you love by this, you're supposed to show me that love right back. And that's not fair because they have their own inner schema that that's not how they show love. That's not how their family show love. That's how, not how their friends show love. Mm-hmm. And what it is, a contrast. So what we do is say, well, you're not loving me. And they're looking at you like, what you mean? I'm loving you the best way I know how. Yes. And then you're telling them it's not good enough. So what they do, they pull back. Oh, and they You know, they pull back. Yeah. And then that's where everything else happens. You know, they pull back. And that's why I said, love your partner how they want to be loved. And mm-hmm. again, we're going to track it back to communication. You need to communicate before coming. Where you are having this sex and sucking on each other, you need to talk. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, foreplay begins outside the bedroom. Definitely. And you need to talk outside the bedroom about unrealistic expectations or desires and wants. Mm-hmm. So when you get to the, in the bedroom, you can really flow into stuff or in life. Or you can just really go into a relationship, but you have to talk first. I have heard a quote that says, if you can't talk about it, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, that, that's so true. Um, well, I see that a lot of relationships end up having issues in the bedroom as well as issues with money, and it kind of all ties in together. So I'm wondering, how do you deal with money issues that pop up after you're in a relationship, not beforehand, because you didn't talk about it once before you got into it? So, like, things like paying one the bills. In, in a relationship or marriage. So, one thing is, it's a relationship. A relationship, we're going on a journey together and we get to know each other, okay? Mm-hmm. So, then we break it married. That's like a business transaction almost. You know, mm-hmm. the business deal. We're coming together and we're combining. Mm-hmm. Money is a situation that's tough for anybody to talk about because it can. It's a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. Your parents didn't talk about money. Your friends don't talk about money. We are taught don't talk about money at work. That is we so don't true. know how much you make. I mean, even in an interview, 
you know how they be like, well, don't bring what's it up. your going salary? It's yeah. no one's done in secrecy. So when we get in a relationship, it's just like, okay, you talk about yeah, you know it's not like that. You know we still holding our paychecks, and you don't want to know unless you anybody know about our savings account. You know everything, so it's kind of like rewiring your brain. Like, hey, we're on the same team, and we need to work together. Money issues come up because really, where one person makes a little bit more mm-hmm. or less, but then we kind to normalize. Of I might not make this much, but I put in this, this, and this. Okay, mm-hmm. so we got to go based on what works well with your relationship, not your parents, not your girlfriends, not your guys. What works good for your relationship with Bernie Um, In terms of how long you've been working in therapy and advising, have you seen a change in the way that you approach clients or you approach the process of healing? I think I did. I think I did better. Mm-hmm. Because um, my clients normalize. Uh, when I come a certain way and it don't work, uh, they give me feedback like, no, I'm not ready for that. Or, um, and I'm I'm a sexy, I'm into the book, I'm into studying, I'm looking all around, I'm talking, I'm reading facts, I'm doing everything like that, how to be more approachable, mm-hmm. what do the client need. But nothing is better for um, good what can I say, resource than the person. Because I can read all that, but it doesn't, it's not as effective in the um, office because mm-hmm. everybody is different. So I have to, and I ask them, you know, if something's going to go right, you know, how was the session for you? What could I do better? Mm-hmm. Or like that. So it's just like um, a follow-up, follow-up session. So that's how I know how to tweak it, pull it back, and everything like that. That's a good way, yeah. It's usually best to get the the actual feedback from the customer, the client. Yeah. Do you usually have um, like an, a consulting appointment initially to kind of see where the client wants to go or what they want to change first? Or do you just jump into it and then begin on day one with no consulting? No, I usually have a consultation um, for everybody, a free 15 minute consultation, and mm-hmm. then for infidelity, it's like um, I try like seventy five dollars for like an hour because I really meant you deserve the best. I really want to make sure I can bring about your change. I'm not here to take your money and push it. Mm-hmm. I want to see the person that you like that really helped me and thank. And everybody is not a good fit for everybody. And I'm okay with that. I don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. So I need to talk to you. You need to hear how I work and see if I'm wifey. Some people don't like my approach. Some mm-hmm. people want to be baby, and I'm not a baby. <laughs> you know, I'm not here to pacify you. I mean, you're spending good money in here. I'm over here about bringing about change, you know. So if you're not ready for that and I, you don't like my vocabulary, I'm too abrupt, you uh-huh. need to know that. Or I talk to you and I tell you what it's entails with recovery mm-hmm. and you're not ready for that. You'd rather hide in ignorance or you just want to just um, therapy service. Mm-hmm. You see that too. Long, long-term wise, do clients usually stay with you for many years or is it like they work through their issues and then they go away no, and I don't come do back? I do many years. Well, no. No? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was listening to a podcast recently where the lady was talking about how usually she just tries to get her clients through whatever it is that they're dealing with without medication and all of that stuff because there is no point in creating a crutch for somebody to kind of go through life with. You should be able to learn coping skills and learn how to deal with situations on your own. Yeah. I'm here to follow up with you. Like, yeah. I'm not going to leave you, but no, we're not going to do, we might go from weekly to buy, from buy to once a month, from mm-hmm. once to every two months. You know, it's a weeding out process. If you have a crisis, you can come in, but no, I'm not going to leave you every week for no buy years. <laughs> that yeah. just doesn't make rational sense. And I'm such a brief therapist mm-hmm. that I don't, I don't even see that. I don't even see that healthy. Yeah, I don't think it does. Yeah. But. Thank you. That was awesome. Um, I also wanted to talk about a couple of things um, in terms of relationships and communication. It comes up often that a lot of people start fights, but they don't know when to compromise on something versus when to stand their ground, like in a, in a fight or in an argument. And I was wondering, how do you weigh those options? How do you decide where or how to follow through with that? Well, the biggest issue with the whole communication thing Mm -hmm. is before you um, start this argument or confrontation or whatever you want to call it, think about the root of it. I I really challenge my clients. I really practice mindfulness. I really try to just like um, um, help with not being so impulsive. Really stop and think. Now, is the garbage really that important or are you just upset that mm-hmm. they have to, you have to do everything? Um, are you really mad at their friends or are you just upset that they didn't invite you? Mm-hmm. I really tell them to channel that emotion because, you know, we get tied to our emotions and our emotions become the messenger. Mm-hmm. Don't become your emotion. So when I say an argument or disagreement, I think it should be more factual with no emotion to it. Mm-hmm. Try to take away the emotion to it because emotion just carries on and emotions vary. You know, what I was angry about yesterday, I might not be angry about today. Mm-hmm. So I just say really um, stay in tune with your emotions. And when you say stand, stand your ground, I hope you have a, a good communication with your partner that you don't have to stand your ground. It's a compromise. That's why it's a relationship. And we are a team. Uh-huh. And that's what happened with so many people. They have this mindset of society that is one above the other or whatever. But no, when we get in the house, we are a team. And you have to have a team approach. And if you hope everything at a team approach, everything is seen as a compromise. You shouldn't have to stand your ground. It's like you compromise and if your partner supports you mm-hmm. and they want to assist you with that change or they want to make change, there's no need for all that. So you're not going into war every time you have an argument. You're trying to find a solution. No. Yeah. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sugarcoat. Sometimes 
time it get lit up in the house. Uh-huh. But then when you come, when you come all down, what was all that for? Did you really get your meaning across? Did you really, at the end of the day? So the point is, y'all can have a uh, a convulsion. You know, you can blow up. But how do you come back? Mm-hmm. How do you come back after that and be like, you know what? We both said some things, but this is what we really want to do. So stuff's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But emotion, you, you know, we heal it. But it's how you come back afterwards. That is true. And how do you deal with when you say things that you don't mean in a fight or in an argument? How do you come back from that in a healthy way? Own it. Own it? Okay. You have to own it. And, you know, um, own your feelings. I was feeling this, so I did this. Mm-hmm. You know, we know, you know, basic communication one-on-one. You don't use you language and use I. You know, I feel you got to own your feelings. People mm-hmm. can't argue with you about how you feel. That's true, yeah. And okay. and you can't and you can't nobody make you feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. So you say the way you said that I took it and I felt like that. Can't nobody you control all that. And that's one thing that people um, need to get more in their body. Mm-hmm. One thing people are so in their head and want to fight and not in their body. Get in your body um, and have a relaxed stand. Um, Tell your emotions. If you feel something going on, just be aware of what's going on in your um, body before you just blur something out. Mm-hmm. You know, just be really mindful of what's going on. And like, hey, am I projecting an unmet need? Mm-hmm. Is there something going on inside me? Because that's a whole other story is how we get um, set unrealistic expectation on our partner. Our partner are not there to fix us. They are there to walk with you on your journey. They're not there to fix you. So mm-hmm. that's why I really don't like complete. I like compliments. Because I, I think the relationship is two whole people. If somebody yeah. completes you, if they go on, you, own, you have a person. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be your other half. I get it. Uh-uh. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Wow, that, that, was, that was some pretty substantial stuff right there. <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to talk about was how... After arguments or fights, sometimes those lead to breakups. And I was wondering, how do you know when to let go? What do you evaluate to say, this isn't, this isn't good for me, I need to walk away from this? How do you know if it's worth saving or just time to you walk away? You have your pro and con list. You know what, well, I just posted something the other day, I don't know if you've seen it, hmm. about what are the reasons are you in a relationship? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see a lot of people in relationships for the wrong reason. Because they're lonely, they're revenge, um, they are codependent. Mm-hmm. So if you have an argument or disagreement with somebody, once you calm down that emotional storm in your head, because you you acting on emotion again, right? Mm-hmm. Once you calm down, you just calm down and really take the time and see your pro and con list. Get your journal out and see. What's the pro and con of this relationship? Now, if you have more cons than pros, mm-hmm. the proof is in the pudding right there. The proof is right there. So nobody has to tell you anything. Mm-hmm. And then you can challenge yourself by, why am I still here? What's my really the root of my relationship? Yeah. So, so if you have an argument, we're going to argue. We're going to have disagreements. But if it's on the breakup, that means it's a bad straw. You know, you really need to say, hey, am I overreacting? Or mm-hmm. is this not the right person? And why do I have to argue? somebody all the time about it. So it's really coming back and getting your pen and paper because you can't challenge 
channel a thought with a thought. Sometimes we argue with ourselves in our head, mm-hmm. and we don't make rational decisions with arguing with yourself. But sometimes, that's why I love journaling. When you project that on a piece of paper, you get that out of you and put it on a piece of paper, and you're more apt to be able to understand it because it's right there. You know, the facts are right there. They did this, 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 mm-hmm. but they also do this, 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 this. Am I just on one? No, because they did this, 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 this. You know, it's right there, and you can really rationalize a little bit better. Yeah, I think that's a better way, too, than going and telling your friends, because I've noticed friends tend to hold on to all of the bad things that you tell them about your significant other. And then when yeah. you do go back to that person, then it's an issue because now they don't, yeah, they don't support your relationship anymore. So I do like that journaling thing. Sometimes I don't think you should suffer in silence, but if they really your girl, mm-hmm. they want the best for you. That and is if true. they trust and honor you, if you want to roll, they going to roll with you. Mm-hmm. It's not like I told you so or leave them. But some of your friends be like, you know what, I told you dude was crazy. You know, he ain't on that. I'm, I'm worried about you. Yeah. Listen to your friends. They kind of see stuff that you don't, but they also going to honor your decision to be who you want to and support you good or bad. Now, that's your girl. She's going to ride with you mm-hmm. whatever happens. And not going to stop talking to you because you back talking to somebody. That's not a friend. Yeah. Hmm. Um, when it comes to friendships and how to kind of grow your friendships, in those instances, what do you look for between friends that tells you this isn't this isn't a person that's supporting me. Like when you hear things that they've said to other people or all of that kind of stuff, should you sit them down, talk it out, and see if that's a friendship that you can salvage? No, or? first of all, my girls will tell me. Uh huh. You know, they probably, because they don't know how to approach, they might have a powwow be like, how are we going to better approach Brunel about this? Yeah. But if they are really my girls, they're going to come and have an intervention. Like, sit me down with some wine and be like, girl, yes. <laughs> we just care about you and we want this to happen. Not talking behind my back. If you really care about me, mm-hmm. again, honest communication, being transparent. What I expect from my man, I expect from my friend. Honest being transparent. Yes. You know, and then you got to remember who we all call our friends. Just because your friend not doing that, that's not, doesn't mean they're not a friend. Mm-hmm. They're just not the friend that you think they are. And you that's know, okay. I, I don't believe in cutting off, uh, I don't believe in cutting off friends, like, keep cutting them off. I just think you should have categories of friends. Mm-hmm. Like acquaintances or that kind yep. of thing. Yeah. And you, and you hold them to that standard and you talk to them in, in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is um, how in like how technology is kind of taking over our interactions with other human beings. Have you noticed that there's like an increase in people seeking out help because they don't really have that supportive friend group or a supportive oh, family? Yeah. yeah. Facebook groups, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have. I mean that phone you know, you have so much going on. People who were able to receive services. I even do online therapy coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did um, see that. Out of my states, but on um, outside the states, I do coaching. Mm-hmm. So I think technology is a double-edged sword. It's good and it's not good because half of the stuff, the reason people come to therapy is for social media. Yes. So, um, either from a breakup or no self-esteem or they didn't get that many likes or if they comparing themselves, they see 
head, they got anxiety, depression. Mm-hmm. It go on and on. So I think it's a vicious cycle. Like technology is improving, but it's also how people use it in creating chaos also. Do you think that's going to get better over time as we get kind of adjusted to that? No. Or no? It's like, no. Oh, no. Uh-huh. It's not. I mean, now, I mean, they're taking away textbooks. Kids got oh, I've seen that, yeah. Laptops. Yeah. I mean, the way of talking now, I mean, just look at FaceTime. You're not even going to call people. I mean, the technology is going to be there. It's just that we're going to have to have teachers mm-hmm. that be able, just like when we were brought up with school books, somebody's going to be there and have to teach you the etiquette and fundamentals. Oh, of the internet. I think it happens so quick mm-hmm. that people are not grasping on, but now, you know, they're talking about the way, you know, etiquette and uh, when to get off of Facebook, but it's so widespread that, you know, you can't tell a child what to do when their parents are on it. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to the store and the parents are shoving these iPads in the kid's face, so at two and three. Yeah, to so, keep I them mean, busy. What, yeah. I mean, what is it? It's going, what is it going to do? It's scary. Yeah, it's going to... Cre- yeah, I've noticed, actually, it's harder. It's getting harder for me to communicate face-to-face because I'm so used to the, the time to think between text messages or online if I'm DMing somebody. Like, it, I have that extra time to kind of compose myself, and I feel like that's taking away from my actual personality, if that makes any sense. So well, we're going to be isolated more. Yeah. You know, and then, like, I go out, and I'm just amazed, because I'm not a phone person. Mm-hmm. Um, I do check social media, and I post every so often. Um, It's a calculated set, but, I, I mean, I see going out to eat, everybody on their phone. Yep. I've been to parties and everybody in their phone. I'm like, we all follow each other. What are y'all looking <laughs> at? Yeah. You know, I just don't understand it. And it's because I'm older. Yeah. You know, I'm older, so I, mm-hmm. I just don't understand. And when you have communicating, that's all you talk about. I want to talk, but right now, you just send an emoji. Yep, so, just mm-hmm. one one little thing, and that's supposed to communicate effectively. But it doesn't. There's a lot of room for miscommunication. No. Communication, yeah. misunderstanding is the mm-hmm. best thing. You know, one thing with communication and these DMs and TMs and all this stuff, all the messages lost, yeah. lost over the way. So people get together on the internet and break up on the internet. So without even seeing each other, so it's real out here. Yeah. Oh, um, that's one thing that I wanted to talk about was how to handle long distance relationships, especially now with technology and all that. Again, everything has to be. Um, talked about about what you feel in a relationship anything is worth waiting on mm-hmm. or worth getting to you know you gotta um have that honest conversation that transparency mm-hmm. you know i know you got the face time and everything i think everything you do oh, uh, can be worked out and you have to do something within yourself when you when you um are a whole person within yourself how do you project stuff outwards you know you know i can't be by myself you know you mm-hmm. got to see how they do on your own. Well, I cannot just not have sex with anybody. You masturbate. You know, it's just a lot of things that you got to see if you really up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is a lot. But I think it's doable. I think it's doable. I think it is, too. I think there's just more opportunity for and more acceptance of people cheating now and that 
causes a lot more issues in relationships, especially long distance ones, in my opinion. <laughs> but I think it is doable, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a thing that comes up quite often these days is the concept of, or the idea of having a different religion than your partner and then being married in terms of how you have those arguments that come from how do you raise your children, how do you carry yourself, how do you interact with their family when they're a completely different religion than yours. How would you advise a married couple to kind of approach those issues? Would you have them like come I sit down? I think it's a conversation you have before you even have kids. Mm -hmm. and that's the whole thing I would say. Again, communication before coming. You need to, before you start having that sex and thinking about marriage and building the foundation, you need to talk about these things. Mm -hmm. Premarital counseling is awesome. More people should do it. Yeah. Because it gets those questions out. So um, I'm going to push. I even do premarital counseling because I'm um, non denominational. Yeah. But they even have um, ones with religion. And you need to talk to somebody and see how you can compromise on that because it is a melting pot you come to one. And you need to talk about these things, especially with family. And just because you have a religion, you are your own religion when it comes to your house. Mm -hmm. So even though you have different religion, the religion is what you want to be at your house. So really set the sign where I know your mother wants this and your dad wants this, but this was going to go in our house. And they just got to uh, understand that. But I know it's easier said than done because some religions are stronger than another, but that comes way before the marriage. Yeah, it should. That's so you can talk about that way before the marriage and super way before some kids come. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, because one so again, the, that communication happens. and premarital counseling. Okay, premarital counseling. Definitely. Um, yeah, so one other thing, <laughs> and then I think I will be good, is when you're falling out of love with somebody, how do you either rekindle that or let it go especially when it's in terms of marriage how do you decide this is something that I need to divorce from or this is something that I think I should seek out counseling for how do you know when you two dealing with it is not enough well one thing about me if I challenge when falling out of love me mm -hmm. um one thing I'm gonna go back again is um growing up you know when you broke a toy you got a new one mm -hmm. and that's stuck in your head. When your jeans wore out, you got a new one. We so into throwing stuff out and getting a new one. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody talk about patching up because remember, you didn't want people to be uh, ribbing on you, so you didn't want no patched up jeans or you didn't want no dial with half a head. You had to get a new dial, you know. So we all into the new, mm -hmm. and that's what happened. And we project that onto our relationship. If something's not working for us, we want a new one. That's going to get old, too. So what you have to do is really understand love. Mm -hmm. What does love look like to you? What does love mean to you? How do you know you're in love and how long you know when you're falling out of love? If you understand love, you know that love is fluid. Love is fluid and it has its ups and downs. It doesn't mean that it's gone. It just means it's still there and they're shown in a different way. Mm -hmm. So just because that's why I say the same thing about desire. It's still there. They might show it a different way. But it's the way that you feel you're not being loved, and if you don't communicate to, with your partner, mm -hmm. and they don't want to meet you right there, like, again, be journalist, see if this is the one for you. 
But I really challenge when you say falling out of love. Because sometimes um, love is from romantic love, you no, know, it's infatuation, mm-hmm. to romantic, to mature love. And when it's mature love, it's just stable. Yeah. You're not going to have the same love in those um, experience as you did when you was 14 and 15. You know, sometimes, and even in my days, sometimes you do have a love that's And you have to nurture it, too, along the way. Love is a full-time job. Relationship is a full-time job. Mm-hmm. If that's what you want. You can't put a relationship, I'm going to say a marriage, you can't put that stuff on autopilot. True. And then you get big mad when it don't work out. Oh. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Okay. I see it. Yeah. Do you have anything else you would like to talk about? No, I just want to offer any of your listeners to um, reach out to me for a free consult for infidelity recovery. It's time for you not to survive and just to heal. Even if you're not in a relationship and you still have a problem, you know, getting over it, just give me a call so we get you where you need to be because it's imperative. And just because it's like a relationship infidelity, it does trickle to all aspects of your life. That is true. Yeah, I noticed that too, that it's a little bit harder to find therapists that do look like me or do have the same background as me. And I was looking around in the Seattle area and that was still difficult. So I'm guessing it would be harder in smaller places as well. And we're all online. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, we have a fantastic resource, Therapy for Black Girls. Mm-hmm. You know, Therapy for Black Girls is excellent. You know, all of us is on there. Um, mm-hmm. We're getting the word out. We had a Women of Color Association for, you know, sex therapists and sex educators, washer. We have that. I mean, we had Psychology Today, just type in African American and all that beautiful women just pop up at you. Yay. <laughs> I will so definitely. We out here. We out here. Yay. That, that is good news to hear. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Well, thank you for providing this platform, and I hope I was informative today, and I helped one person out today. Oh, you helped many, because most of my questions were from all of my friends, so (laughs) (laughs) I was like, girls, what do you need answered today? So they were like, yeah, they sent me a whole list. (laughs) So thank you so much. No, thank you. When do you move to Phoenix? Um, I will be moving in February, but I'm still, I'm just going to get a house and open a practice there. I'm still back and forth to Milwaukee and I'm online. My online presence is still going to get bigger, so I'm accessible to everybody. Okay, that is good to hear. Um, yeah, then I will. I'm pretty sure you have all the links on your, um, your post and everything, where to find me, Kaleidoscope Services, um, LLC.org. I'm on Instagram. I have blonde um, sex therapist, mm-hmm. you know, in um, sex. I have pleasure specialist where I have talk about sex because I am a sex therapist, which kind of kind of humor sex stuff. But I also hit you with that 
real stuff on it, and I have a spare aftercare. Okay. Yes. Um, I will. When I do post that, then I will have all of those listed out as well, so it's a little bit easier, and they can just click through to it. Cool. Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm here if you need me, okay? Yes, I will definitely call you if I do. Okay, thank you. Take care. <laughs> Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, all right, all right. That is all I have for you this week. I'm so happy that you have come back for another episode of What You Need When You Need It. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Elshampole, as well as my website, elshampole.com, or on Facebook as the What You Need podcast. Um, yeah, tune in next time. Thanks a bunch. Bye.